welcome to the Pick Truth Podcast, where we read confessions that people send us or that we find online and rate them based on their level of heat. The truth can range from a bell pepper to a Carolina Reaper. A bell pepper is a very mild truth. A poblano is a truth that can irritate others. A jalapeno is spicy. A Thai chili has me judging you very hard. The Reaper is a truth that you should take to your deathbed. Listen, laugh, and learn what happens. When the only option you have left is to pick truth. All right, welcome back to another episode of Pick Truth. I'm your host, Dr. Vicki Harris. I'm here with my co-host. Lamont Hearn Jr. To bring the heat. It's been another lovely, lovely week. And uh, how have things been going for you? Uh, they've been going pretty good. Just, you know, getting these last minute f- finishes on, getting the kids ready for school, getting, you know, new clothes because the sizes that we thought would fit this year didn't fit. So we had to go and get different uniforms. Um, Shouts out to the schools for having used sales for uniforms because um, uniforms are expensive and being able to peruse those that other parents did not get to use or were in, you know, good shape was such a benefit. Wow. Did you go to the um, uh, sale? Other than that, just work. I did right. Did you go to the, uh, the, the clothing sale? So no, I didn't get to go to the sale. Um, I did, um, help drop some stuff off. I did get to go to the meet the teachers, which was right before the sale. So it felt like because, uh, my wife actually was heading the sale or spearheading the sale rather, um, we got to do the meet the teacher, which they had the same day a little bit early. So it was almost like having like a VIP status. We got to meet with the teachers one-on-one for both, for both my kids. I like the teachers from, you know, from what I've seen so far. So I'm just hoping for a good school year, especially with all the time changes. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I'm less worried about school starting for those at the time of this recording, school starts for us tomorrow morning. It's going to be a whole new year. We're going to blink and it'll be the last day of, of the school year. So that's, that's, that, that starts tomorrow. The boys have made their lunches because um, they're responsible for their lunches. If you want a lunch, you got to make it yourself. So that's been beautiful. That's been in place for about a year or so now. Uh, we have one former bus rider now going to be a car rider because of the busing situation here. Um, where we live, busing and the school district as the way that it's set up has not changed uh, fundamentally since 1970. Um, so we have had some radical changes over, uh, the last school year and somebody's had to deal with it. It's going to be us. So we're going to march through, but today, (laughs) okay. So I am uh, in a new role, still not technically a hundred days in, and there was this assessment that I, they asked me to do. And I did the assessment in the early part, mid-July or sometime. It's a long assessment. It's called the Hogan assessment. And then I got the results, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago. And I read through them, but I really didn't know what I was looking at. Um, Today, I got to sit down with an expert, and she walked me through the results and what they mean. First of all, it was very interesting. If you ever have an opportunity to take the Hogan assessment, take it and then sit down with an expert to review it. It's a personality. It's a personality trait, but it's, it's even if I take it five years Mm. from now, my personality is going to be my personality. And so it was so spot on. And Mm. what was amazing, like as you walk through and score it, 
um, there, there, there are, you know, attributes that you may have that are beneficial, but when they're out of whack, this is what it looks like. Um, but I had, um, very bad scores in being, um, bold. Uh, I don't know if it was, I forgot the terminology. Bold was one of them, but it, it wasn't bold in a good way. Uh, oh, eccentric, <laughs> Which cracks me up because yeah, I would I would follow into that 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 realm. But one of the things that she pointed out is that I may have a tendency to ignore feelings, which is absolutely true. Like I don't very little things hurt my feelings and I ignore feelings. It's just giving me like tools and tricks of like how my personality may be abrasive to others, which and then at this level it's not about your competency is your influence your ability to influence and so the Mm. entire assessment is about how you show up how people view you but not how you view yourself um and so it 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 was really interesting it it is eye-opening of the places where i'm really yeah that makes sense and then some places where it's like yo you you can see yourself in that. And then she gave me realistic exa- like examples, like spot on examples. And I was like, yo, yeah, I did that. So it was, it was a really good thing. I was, mm. it, I am always wanting to know where I can do better. Most people don't like criticism. Um, I just think it's like, it's like I eat, I eat criticism. Like, ah, oh, give it to me. I chew it like glass. I, I get stronger. Criticism like makes me better. I, when people don't believe in me, it makes me happy. Like, don't <laughs> believe in me. Yes. Ah, I take it and eat. It's like spike. Yum, 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 yum. So, uh, <laughs> something's wrong with me. I know, but that, that, that has been my week. Um, we might have to do a special episode about it, but not today, but <laughs> And last night we were supposed to talk about it, but Chairgate. So right around the time that we're recording this, uh, the I want the Montgomery Mollywop is one way that I've heard it. Um, <laughs> oh, is that what we're calling it? <laughs> the Montgomery Mollywop, where mm. uh, there are chairs all mm. over the social medias. I'm just curious. You have any thoughts about all the footage around? Uh, and for those that are not in the United States, because this may not be this may not be global. Um, there is a city and state called uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Um, Montgomery, Alabama has not been necessarily have a reputation of being kind to people of the global majority, uh, and most recently. There was a rally mm. for a presidential candidate that has already held office, but is highly radical. And so <laughs> all this context makes sense. This is on a boat dock in this in my Montgomery. And there was a uh, two men working for the dock. One was a security guard. One was a guy in a vest. And they were explaining to a pontoon boat full of occupants that were Caucasian that, Hey, you can't park here. You see this giant, like 2000 foot boat. What? I don't know if it's 2000 feet, but whatever you see this giant boat, it needs to, it needs to dock here. And like all of this is on video camera on like multiple angles and any before, after, during, in the middle, all of it. And so 
the one of the occupants from the pantoon boat who is of the Caucasian persuasion. Um, I, somebody called him an alabaster king or, or an alabaster something. I was like, I can't with all of the. And so this gentleman began to attack the the African-American, the black security guard. Um, and then his uh, thugs, uh, thugs and crocs start, also began to jump this security guard. All the security guard was trying to do is get them to move their, their boat because, you know, a giant boat has the park and you can't park here. And so it was maybe what four grown men savagely attacking and brutalizing this 65 year old black security guard asking them to move. The other employee came up, but he backed off cause you know, he didn't want that smoke. And so as a result of this altercation, those that are around the platform, those that are on the boat, those that were in their car out miles and miles away. At some point, the security guard took his hat and he threw it in the air. <laughs> And so, like, for what most people don't recognize, Schmurda style. What, what, see, for black people, we know what that means. So, like, I appreciate people are using it as a, as a, uh, hey, this is a uh, spotlight. Come get the bat, the bat uh, light or whatever. Come help. That's not what this means. That's not what that means. It's, I hypothesize something different. Yeah, the bat yes. signal. I hypothesize something different. When he took that hat off, he said, F this job. That's what that hat was. Like, you know what? Because it was a security hat. It was, you know what? I ain't at work right now. Foop, hat off. Now, what happened was <laughs> this hat somehow became the symbol of this 65-year-old man just trying to do his job being ambushed and savagely beaten by thugs of the Caucasian persuasion in this particular example and their winches. People, like literally somebody jumped off the boat, started to swim <laughs> to the safety of this guy. Uh, people who were like pedestrians on a walkway were running down. Like by the end, it was a melee. So for every punch this poor gentleman took, these individuals that ganged up like thugs and savagely attacked a unarmed security officer with a flashlight and a bullhorn who didn't really have a bullhorn. They got like 10 licks. Like for everyone they gave, they got like 10. They were jumped. They were dragged off the boat. Old women were hit with chairs. Like it was a melee. It was a melee. And thrown in the water. Man. Well, there is some footage where we're trying to investigate. Did uh, one of the uh, participants in the initial assault on the African-Americans security guard, did they jump in the water to avoid the pain that was coming? Um, it was, it was a melee. It was all over social media. And maybe by the time it may be, Oh, by the time this podcast comes out, or this episode, but yeah, that was a, the Montgomery Mollywop. It was, and it's been trending all over. The favorite meme I keep seeing is fuck around and find out. And I think that's what happened. They fucked around and they found out that people who do not know this man literally was swimming through 
I mean, yeah, it was it was like multiple fights going on at the same time. Like it was, it's sad. It's really sad that you can't just do your job. You they were in a dead wrong. You can't park your boat here. And I don't even know if it's parking. Is it docking? You can't dock your boat in this location. Please move your boat. You see this big old giant boat? It needs to park. But instead, you like a cowardice thugs jumped an unarmed security guard. So, yeah. Listen, there's one part to this I have to say, because I think you gave details on this eloquently. The one of the guys who attacked and uh, brutalized this 65 year old man recorded a video afterwards and he was knotted up. I mean, bro was lumped and his exact words were that 65 year old man could throw some punches and you can see by his face that he he caught a lot of them. I don't know if he just maybe did, wasn't aware when other people came up, but it looked like the Avengers. It looked like the Avengers when they were fighting Thanos. The way people started, like you say, just kind of appearing from the from the water, from the pier, everywhere. I mean, people were just showing up, and you know, I just thought it was. We we may have to do something separate on this to kind of go yeah, in depth. Yeah, at we'll point. share our ideas uh, and yeah. our thoughts about it on our Patreon episode. You all should go check us out. You can find us on Patreon. Uh, but with, with no further ado, let us get started and jump right into my first confession. This confession is titled, I've been lying to my girlfriend, all right. but she's happy. All right. So I'm a 26 year old male. I have been dating my girlfriend, who's a 25-year-old female, for about 22 years. Neither of us holds the most prestigious job. She works in a data input job, and I work in a bar. The bar where I work is pretty local spot. Our town doesn't have much reason for people to stay in, so I get to know a lot of the regulars, and a lot of them know me by name. So about two months ago, this new older couple, maybe their late 40s or early 50s, come into the bar and do as people do, ordering drinks and having a good time. I've never seen them before, but I think nothing of it since we do get people passing through. This couple must spend a good hundred. They come in and stay in, ordering booze and non-alcoholic drinks all night. I kept an eye on them because they kept looking at people and talking quietly to each other, and I wasn't about to have them stealing something or whatever, you know? So this old couple stays until the end of my shift. And as people are packing out of the bar, they stay seated at the bar. Eventually, we're almost the only ones left. And I tell them we're closing up soon. So they want to finish their drinks and head out. That's when they ask me if they could talk to me about ordering a taxi since they're not local. Uh, I go to tell the number for the cab company. But when I get close, they both lean in and tell me they quite like me to have a threesome with them. They say they've been looking for people all night and I'm the kind of guy they want to go for. I immediately shut them down. I tell them it's not a quite appropriate, but before I've even done reprimanding them, they offer me a rather big sum of money. Four figures big. Now, like I say, neither nor I nor my girlfriend have particularly high earning jobs. In the state of the economy recently, the cash was a big allure. So I did the wrong thing. I took their number. 
I got home. I found myself uh, added to the WhatsApp group with the two of them asking if I'd be free the day after to, you know, do the business. So again, I do the wrong thing and I do it. Honestly, I was relieved when they told me they just wanted me to have sex with his wife while the husband watched. You didn't sort that out before though, homie? Like, <laughs> you didn't want to make sure that? Okay, but I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you, yo. you don't want to sort that right, out first? Right, right. I'm just I'm just like, what do we, what's, what's the, the four figures for? We need to talk about that. Anyway, like, I wasn't looking forward to having anyway, but at least I wouldn't have to have sex with a man because I'm not a homosexual. I felt terrible afterwards, but they stuck to their word and got an envelope of cash afterwards. I headed home and my girlfriend asked me where I'd been. I don't know what to do. So I lied and told myself I had to work late. Well, technically that was work. I felt so bad about it. I couldn't even talk to her. So I figured I'd make it up to her by buying her something with the money. I bought her a pair of earrings way out of our usual price range. And she was so happy. The couple messages me four days later asking for the same deal again. And I took the money. This has happened at least once a week for the past couple of months. I don't know where these people are getting their money, but it's making life so much better for me and my girlfriend. I don't want to think about it. I keep buying my girlfriend gifts that usually are out of our budget for us. And I've been, uh, and I've even managed to book a surprise holiday for us around the time of her birthday. I obviously can't help but feel awful. I'm keeping up the lie, but my girlfriend was never happier. And I can't lie. The money has helped us out, uh, helped us outside of luxuries too. I know what I'm doing is wrong, but the money is money. And I'm not, and and it's not something that we have a lot of at the minute, at this moment. Um, wow. Okay. Um, so you went from being uh working at a bar to being a sex worker um which fine the only thing that initially first strikes me is it's not so much the act of you getting the money it's you not telling her you're having sex with another person now i i know they don't really speak to the to the point of whether or not their relationship is open or things like that but i'm assuming part of this has to do with maybe their relationship is supposed to be a assumedly monogamous relationship. So looking at it from that point of view, um, I am saying it's like, I'm kind of torn between it being like a spicy jalapeno and a Thai chili. Um, Because you should at least be able to, you should at least be open with your partner about that as having sex with another person like that is one thing now i don't know how she's going to judge about you being a um a sex worker i mean like you said you are buying her gifts with that money um going on trips y'all you you're getting to the bag is she a pseudo pimp Hmm? is she a pimp by proxy not a pbp not a pbp a pimp by proxy listen i mean i don't know can you really be a pimp if you don't know you're doing it like is it, I said by proxy, but I don't know. The by proxy part makes a difference, possibly. Yeah, I mean that makes a difference. I mean, it depends. And he's buying a new outfits, so he's he's bringing home the money. Or would she be a madam? Is that how's that terminology work? I honestly work? don't it, know. Is it because you you remember like the showbiz madam years of Heidi Fleiss? I okay. So do do you know who Heidi Fleiss is? I, do you remember that name? 
Yeah, then she was on like reality shows too. Yeah, she was the okay. So and that madam or, but I mean, but I think that's the yeah. nomenclature they give you yeah. if if you look physically appealing to the masses. I'll say that. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm catching yeah. what you're putting. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess this girl's a pimp by proxy. So I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that's tough. Like I said, I mean, the, the act of not, of them not knowing is the part that's, I guess, is catching me up. Is your partner not knowing? Like you're getting this money, you're bringing in some more funds. They have to be aware that something's going on. Like somebody's tipping you to the point where we're able to go on vacations well, that's not something we were doing. Like that's a heavy, heavy tip. Like, what are they? What are you doing at work that's so unique? Like, that's getting you those type of coins. That's that's a lot. So, uh, my opinion it really goes back to initially. Can I when I interjected through the confession, you didn't know what they wanted. Like they said four figures, and I, I imagine that's a lot. I, you know, that is a lot. Like you know, even if it's between a thousand and nine thousand dollars, four figures. But like you didn't know before you like, okay, you might not know when you get their number, but at that WhatsApp app, you need to ask the questions like, all right, who's sticking what where? Like you should be able to walk into that. So like, (laughs) just like that, I mean, you proposition folks. I mean, you don't, I need to know, can you come have sex with us? A threesome with us? I don't know what that means in its entirety. So, okay, so that's the first piece. But then I needed to say, how desperate for money did he need, was he, that he didn't even care what they needed? That the temptation of that money and that dollar figure Mm. was going to be so sufficient that it met needs that and wants that they had. So, like, out of the act of desperation is where he's coming Mm. from. Um, and, and just a, possible, we, we don't know guys, we just, right. we, we just talk our stuff. Um, but here's what I would rate this, this, right. okay. There's a couple of ratings. So I need to kind of, there's some nuance before y'all just hang up on me. It's a reaper. First, I hope you're protecting yourself because you don't know how many people they do this proposition with and how long they're going to do it with you. But really, I don't know if I'm going to be comfortable if my husband comes and tells me that he's been having sex with someone for money. Like, I don't know. Because, again, think about it if it's the roles were reversed. Because I'm an equal opportunist. If a woman came to her husband and said, I was at the bar, a guy and his wife came up to me, and they gave me a, a four figures, and he smashed. And I've been doing it once a week for the last month. For me, it's the same level of, hey, I was at the bar. She, I smashed. I've been doing it for once a week for the last month. Like, real talk, there's, you know what you're doing is wrong. You know what you're doing can, if you're not protecting yourself, and even if you are skin to skin, skin to skin, like, you know that you're possibly in, in, with people who will pay other people. So, you know, like, they not... And then, like, is he just watching? Like, how does that work? Like, is he sitting in a chair? Is he doing anything? Is he critiquing? Is he taking notes? Is he saying stuff? Like, left, left, right, right? Like, I I always wonder what those situations would be like. 
like what do you do you just watch like oh yeah he's doing good yeah yeah i'm watching him that backstroke yeah like i don't i don't know not his coaching i mean if you like it i love it i don't kink shame that's what you want to do if you're the husband you can't tell nobody like i'm i'm thinking in my life who can i go tell that i'm sleeping with somebody for a thousand dollars or between a thousand for four figures because from a thousand to nine thousand somewhere in there who can i go tell that to on a weekly basis in my life that's not gonna be like girl you you doing what for change and then talk about i didn't know what like i was great i didn't i'm glad i didn't have to screw him too like what you didn't know you didn't notice before you walk in the dough that's that's um you need to know that you need to know that so real talk i'm i'm giving this one a reaper don't tell nobody don't report it on your taxes save some of that money for a rainy not even this girl how you gonna tell your spouse you hoeing yourself like i i'm being practical how do you tell your spouse i'm out here hoeing it how you going to go to your wife and be like, listen, I just need you to know all those times that you thought I was going to the grocery store. I was making groceries, baby. But I, no, I was making the money for those groceries, baby. Like, you know, yeah, because I got a thousand dollars or whatever for some strange for the change. So anyway, that's my I'm going with. Reap. Don't hey, yo, if you can hear me, don't tell nobody. But stop. Cause you're making yourself feel guilty and you feel sad about it. So stop doing it, but don't tell nobody else, but your therapist don't tell nobody else, but you don't, mm, mm, don't tell nobody else, but your therapist don't write it down. Well, you just did, didn't you? Mm. Anyway, what confession do you have for us this week? Lamont? Okay, my my first confession is titled, I feel no remorse for stealing. I enjoy having that control over people. I'm currently 17. I have a long history of stealing that started when I was in primary school, when I was like 10 or 11. I was super reckless. It was probably a response to getting bullied. I stole from other students. I remember doing it in secret. For example, when everyone else was in their lessons, I would ask to go to the bathroom. We had this section where everyone's bags and coats were, and I remember going through people's bags and stealing these match attack cards. I felt left out. These cards were stored in these plastic wallet folder things. I remember making sure no one else was in the vicinity and taking out all of the cards and putting the folder back into their bags. I remember the inside of my coat pocket was ripped. You could feel the fluff. So I would store the cards inside that pocket. LOL, I remember the exact moment I got caught, a teacher was going through everyone's bags to find out who stole the cards. And then they got to my coat and found out I stole it. I remember being questioned and cornered into a room. I didn't say anything, nor did I confess, even though they knew I did it. Just know that I was very quiet and have always been a bit antisocial or shy. I remember my mom questioned why I did it at home and I just left the room. Then, when I got to high school, maybe year eight, I stole from three of my family members. I can't tell you what I stole or how much of it I stole. It was very bad and very illegal. I didn't steal from them at the same time. I was just being reckless. Um, I feel no remorse or regret, LOL. I don't want to go to prison, but I don't mind stealing. It was enjoyable. I haven't got, 
I haven't gotten diagnosed with anything. I almost got diagnosed with OCD, discussing symptoms with a professional, etc. I've suspected for months that I have BPD. It's too complicated to get into. My mom thinks I have autism, but I don't. And when I was a kid, ceiling wasn't the only thing I did. I would run out of class often and swear at my teacher by telling her to shut up. I remember my bully snitched on me and caused my teaching assistant to cry because I called her a witch at lunchtime. My mom got called in often at the end of the day. I'm a teen. I've done other things like binge eat, but I'm staying away from drugs and alcohol because I don't want lifelong addiction and I don't want it to have control over me. But I do have empathy. If you think I don't, it just depends on what and who. Sometimes I wish I could turn my emotions off. I've been depressed many times. I think I'm really sensitive and I get aggressive and irritated very easily. I was 11, 12 years old when I first told my mom I hated her and she looked at me like I was a monster. There's a lot more to talk about, but I have no one to talk to. Wow, that's that's a cry for help. Uh, That's a cry for help. Yeah, yeah. That, That got heavy real quick. We went from watching people with cocky their wives to... I, I don't know if that's right too, because that's multiple. Yeah. So sorry. Um, but Cuck, yeah, the cuckold. Cuckold. Thank you, cuckold. Thank you, because that's that's not part of my normal normal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You said bukaki. <laughs> that's different. Nomenclature. Yeah, not, yeah, no, mine either. But I, you said that other word. I was like, that's not it. That's, that's a that's, totally different party. That's, that's a but it takes party. multiple. I just I I don't know what's happening on her face, <laughs> but um. Really, this is a poblano. Because uh, I think there's some medical issues going yeah. on at play here. You know, we I'm I'm a doctor, but not that kind of doctor. So I'm sure there's some type of medical component that um that there's a compulsion there. I mean, at eleven years old, you should be able to kind of control some of that impulse behavior. If not, there's probably some some considerations there. And so I wonder if there's some isolation that he felt from the kids, if there's something else that's that's there. So I would give this a, a poblano. His truth could irritate others, but I don't think he's out to do anyone. Well, he thinks it's funny, but he may not really conceptually understand what he's doing for, uh, to others, you know? Like, I don't know, but it can irritate others, especially those that are right. around you. And I hope you get some help. Yeah, um, I have to second that. I think it's a poblano as well, because um, you, you can hear in even the confession, it's it's all over the place. It's um, it's very erratic. It's parts um, I don't care. Then it's parts uh, I do have uh, sympathy. I do have emotions. I do care. But it's it's like picking and choosing. So you can tell it's like really erratic. It's very scattered. Get help. Um, I know this. I know this. Uh, person is 17 years old based on when they told this confession based on what they said i hope for the mom uh you know strength in this situation because i know it's not just um, hard for the child i know it's also probably more than likely hard for the for the mom in this instance there's just so much with this you can tell this 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 kid just needs help in some form or fashion they have to figure out what those processes are to get them the help that they need um, but yeah it's a plebano to me as well all right, I'm gonna jump into the next one. Hopefully, it's not as heavy as this one. That's, that was sad. I'm gonna give somebody some hugs. Uh, this one is titled "I Stole Something 
from somebody and I feel bad. I'm a teenage girl and every six months I go to summer camp, which I love dearly. That math don't math with me, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to keep going. It's a place where I feel free and good and I consider it my second home. This camp sometimes releases personalized shirts, which you can buy. You can buy a shirt with the logo of your cabin. For example, my cabin's mascot is a firefly and I have this shirt. And back in 2019, they released a limited edition celebrating the 40th anniversary of the camp. And it's a very, very beautiful shirt. It is navy blue and it has the happy birthday song written in the camp's special language in the back. And it says 40 years of history and tradition in the front. I liked this shirt, but never got a chance to buy it because I didn't go there in 2019. And yeah, I was a bit disappointed, but mostly fine. It's just a shirt. A few days ago, I came back from the camp and I managed to successfully steal this very shirt from someone there. And I feel very guilty, but I'm trying to make myself feel better. But I'll explain what happened. It was the last day in the camp and everyone was packing their bags to go home. I was just packing mine normally until I noticed someone else's 40th year navy blue shirt just sitting in my bunk bed. I didn't consider myself a bad person and I do have morals, but I don't know what happened. With my head, I just stuffed the shirt in my backpack and pretended nothing happened. And yeah, after a few minutes later, the staff made a, a lost and found session. And they have showed several lost pieces of clothing to cover to find the owner. One of those pieces of clothing was another navy blue shirt, the same model as the one I stole. And a random girl just shouted, hey, I lost my shirt, which it looks exactly like this. And when she said that, I felt so bad. I decided to discreetly put the shirt back in the place where I found it and just leave it there until the owner got it back. However, the supposed owner of the shirt Uh, passed through it, saw it, analyzed the shirt, and then came back to the conclusion that the shirt wasn't hers. And she was more worried about finding her lost jacket. And at that point, the entire cabin passed through the shirt and no one admitted to being the owner of it. After a while, everyone was leaving the cabin to leave the camp and go back home and the shirt was still there. So I thought this beautiful and unique shirt just being completely abandoned, not in my sight, And I stuffed the shirt in my bag and again left. No one missed the shirt at all. No one even mentioned it. And I successfully got the shirt for myself. And I love it so much. It's just the only thing I've been wearing. But sometimes I do think that maybe someone is frustrated right now because they lost their very special shirt. But I mostly shrug it off. If the person was more responsible with their belongings, way to blame the victim here. Uh, But uh, (laughs) I mostly shrug it off. If this person was more responsible with their belongings, I would never have thought about stealing it. But I also think, imagine if someone stole my Firefly shirt, how would I feel? You would feel very, very sad, right? This is how the owner of the shirt feels. And it makes me feel very sad because it's true. I made a big mistake. The 40th anniversary shirt is not all that, is not any other shirt. It was a very special limited edition shirt that a bunch of people that go to that summer camp would kill to have. Well, at least it goes uh, with any look. At this point, there's nothing else I can do to make uh, myself or the owner of the shirt feel better. It is unlikely that we'll ever see each other again, whoever the owner is of the shirt. I still have no idea. I just had to accept my wrongdoing and never repeat it 
and appreciate my new shirt. So the middle section of this episode should be labeled as teenagers. This one's all over the place too. Like you said, I mean, they're, they're victim blaming somehow the shirt is so revered and so wanted, but even the person whose shirt was taken looked right over it. Um, but then the person who's given the confession is like, I feel bad, but the person wasn't responsible, even though it was in their stuff. And then you decided to pilfer it. So I don't know how, I don't know what you wanted them to do. Maybe you, uh, I don't know. These, these teenagers are in, in these two confessions are interesting to me. I, I guess I'm going to say the, you, you, you stole the shirt, but then you technically put it back in the lost and found and then no one retrieved it. So this I'm going to say is probably a poblano because people are in that context because people are going to say you stole the shirt, but then you gave it back. But I'm going to give you more of a jalapeno for blaming the the victim here that you're choosing to, you know, say that it's because they weren't really responsible, even though it was with their stuff. Um, that's just weird to me. But yeah, this it's, it's these teenagers and the way that they're kind of jumping back and forth and they're confessing of feeling bad, but also laughing at the person or blaming the person is just interesting. I, I don't know. I'm glad I'm not a teenager anymore. <laughs> this really is filled with teenage angst, I will say. Real angsty. Uh, but I'm going to give it a mouth truth. Like, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So I put a, a shirt on your bed. You stole it because you put it in your bag. Wait, by the way, if I haven't told the story on this show, I will. That happened to me, but it wasn't a shirt. I went to 4-H camp. I was young and, and just... Mm. So socially awkward. Like, I don't even know if I'm not socially awkward now. Like, I was more socially awkward back then. And so, all girl cabin, there was a girl that we were friends. Like, we met at the at the camp, but we were friends. We were in the same cabin and all that good fun stuff. And my mother had given me a wallet. And I think I had, like, $15. And, like, $15 back then was, like, you out here, you out here living it. You out here doing the thing. That's, that's a lot of money. Yeah, you was, yeah. Big bang. Yeah. Big so bang. I'm like yeah. seven, eight years old at this camp. And like, I'm searching for my wallet. I'm really sad. I'm scared. Like, I had been holding on to this money, like, you know, it was dear life. And everyone was helping me look for it. And then something told me, look at her stuff. So when she walked away, I went through her stuff and there my wallet was. All my money was still in it. And so I took the wallet and I went to her and said, look, I found my wallet. And uh, I remember her saying, oh, I'm going to tell. And then I got scared like I did something wrong because, you know, kids are stupid. But I, I got my wallet and that's when I realized you can't trust nobody. You don't trust nobody. I remember at 4-H camp, sick to my stomach. Man, I wish I was violent back then because that would have felt better. Mm. I, I, but I got in her face with my wallet and rubbed in her foot. <laughs> I found my wallet. Said it with all the attitude, all the smoke. Wait, wait, wait. You said you wish you was violent yeah, back yeah. then? Because it wouldn't make for another better stories. Like I was looking for a wallet. I was desperate looking. And then something told me to look at her stuff. I look and I find my wallet and I walk into her face and I say, oh, look at my wallet. And she says, I'm going to tell you. And I like bust her ass, beat her with a, a folding chair or some shit like that. Like, like that would have been like a story. 
We just we just referencing the Montgomery Montgomery Mollywop like that. We just pulling I'm that just, back oh, in. I'm just saying, you know, get a callbacks. The fact that we never really dis- like went in depth with that chair portion again. We're gonna have to talk about that. There's a whole wrestling segue. Anyway, but fair. I understand you. Fa- the fact that she was ready to tell on you about you finding your wallet, like she was about to. Say that you stole your wallet like, from her who had taken it from you right. or found it. And but kept why it. did I get nervous? Like, I remember getting all like, <gasps> and then it took a minute for me to realize, what's she going to say? I went through her stuff and found my wallet. I did. I did. Man, I wish I had the same. Like, man, I know it's impossible to be a seven or eight year old and like have the cognitive ability of a 44 year old. But like, let's be glad that I didn't. Like, let's be glad that I did. Because one, it'd probably be weird. Uh, but two, man, I'd have made her just feel bad about herself. I Like, right now, I she'd be in a... Mm, mm, she'd be pimping herself out for two figures. Like, you got my face. But anyway, uh, what confession... <laughs> <laughs> what confession do you got? <laughs> oh, my final... Confession for today is titled O de Madre. My mother died 10 years ago. I've kept her perfume and used it when I needed to feel close to her, to cry and feel like she's right there. I opened the bottle for the first time in a long, long time today, but now I felt like the scent is mine, that it's my perfume to wear. I can't decide between feeling like I'm stealing it from her stealing one of her most prominent memories, her signature, or am I honoring her, keeping her close with me in my daily life, integrating my sorrow and her memory into me directly, carrying her close, sharing her with others around me. I don't know, honor or betrayal. Will the memory of her and the scent fade if I start using it? Is it weird to want to smell like your dead mother? I feel so very sad and confused and I miss her so much. Heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. Of course, it's a it's a bell pepper. It is. I'm gonna have to talk to our uh, our show uh, coordinator that pulls together these confessions because like these are steep curves that don't match each other. That's that's a bell pepper. I really like my heart is broken for you. Um, I don't know how to even answer that like you have to decide what works for you if you want to use the smell be reminded be reminded but i don't think you can steal from her i don't think you you know saying i don't think it's theft per se or or dishonor i just think it is hey you you want that sit down and you can and it reminds you of your mother and and if if it gives you a peace and not angst i say go do it so yeah that's a bell pepper what about you I, i think it's a bell pepper too um if anything I mean, it, it's both as far as the, I mean, at the worst, I don't think, let me rephrase that. I don't think you're stealing anything. Even if you're making it your own, it's at the at the worst paying homage to this person, in, in my opinion. I don't think you're doing anything that's negative in using their um, scent or anything that's theirs. Even if you were using like their brooch or their necklace or a shirt of theirs or anything else like that, it's more just like you keeping their memory alive and the people are associating it with you. It's just another form of you 
expressing your connection and your bond to that person. But yeah, that, that there's been some heavy confessions that have kind of counterbalanced some of the other goofy uh, yeah. today. So it's, it's been pretty yeah, interesting. I would have to agree. All right. I think that does it for this episode. Uh, if you like today's show, help us out, subscribe, and send it to two friends. And like sending it to two friends is the thing we really need you to do. Like just send it. Also, don't hesitate to send us a confession or two. If you got something that's juicy, you want to remain anonymous, you can come on the show and we can keep you anonymous. Or you can send in your own confession and we'll read it on the show for you. Um, if you haven't done so, join our Facebook group, Pick Truth, and follow us uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. Catch you next time. Later. We can't pick truth without you. Send us your truths at picktruthmail at post.com to see if you can bring the heat. 